Colossians, the book of Colossians. I love this book tonight. I love this book. And I thank God for the Word of God, don't you? Our communion with God will be in relation to His Word. I believe that. Our knowledge of Him, our knowledge of His love for you and I, and the grace of the Lord. I'll say this, the, the first century church, Paul would write a letter. Of course, the Lord has preserved His truth. Uh, not every single Christian has had a copy of a book in the full canon of the Word of God like you and I have. And uh, I think a lot of times that gets lost on us, that we have a full copy of the Word of God. Some of us have got several. I've got, I've got 30 at home sitting around. And, uh, and, and um, it's a shame that some of them might collect dust, but that we have the fullness of the Word of God, and I thank God for that. Not every Christian has. It was so precious, this word from the epistles to local churches, that when Colossians, a lot of times, of course, there was a church in Colossae. And once, and of course, Colossae was a region. So once a letter, an epistle was delivered to an individual church, then it would be in, placed in circulation. Um, Brother Ron, they would copy it and send it to the next church and send it to the next church in that region. And then, of course, it would be shared with other churches. And uh, tonight, thank God that we're not waiting on an epistle from a sister church up the road, but we have it right here in front of us tonight. So God help us to treasure it. Brother Milton Taylor would kiss it while he had preached. I love this book and thank God for the Word of God tonight. If you're glad you have a copy of the Word of God, say amen. If you're glad you have a copy of the Word, just take it a little while uh, this afternoon and, and uh, hold it in the air if you would. I'd like to see it tonight. Take that book and hold it in the air if you've got a copy. I love this book, church. Thank God for it. Colossians chapter number 3. Uh, a little bit of reading. I want to read verses 1 through 17. We're still in this series on things hard to be understood, things hard to be understood, uh, but tonight don't let that title bother you about the series because these are things that we should understand and that with the help of the Spirit tonight we, uh, we would like to get into. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 17, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which 
things' sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, Christ is all and in all. Possibly one of my greatest three favorite three words in the entirety of the word of God. Christ is all. And he certainly is tonight. That is a declarative statement. Christ is all. That statement doesn't need my opinion. That statement doesn't need my uh, sh shifting or change on it. That statement is fact and truth. And without it tonight, we lose focus of everything God would have us see if Christ is not all in our view. As far as God's concerned, Christ is all. How is he as far as you're concerned? Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Does this describe you tonight? Does it describe me? That's pretty heavy. Let me read that again. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Forbearing one another. Hmm. And forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Let me ask you a question. Are you confident that Christ forgave you of all your sins? You can be, because that's what the Scripture teaches. And what the apostle is saying tonight is that if Christ has forgiven you, and we know he has, then no matter who it is, no matter who it is in the church, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. How about that? Put on charity. Paul said, without charity, I am nothing. He said, I, though I could speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I'm nothing. Listen, you can have great revelation. You can have a... Listen, I've seen men who have great ability, who have great notoriety who have this and that, but if you have not charity, you're nothing. If you have no love in your heart towards your brother, towards your sister, you're nothing. You're ineffective is what that means. I was, again, I'm veering here. 
there's a preacher down in North Alabama. He just passed away. Gene Lambert was his name. Some that listen to our, our broadcast will, will know that name. He was not a well-known man in many circles. But his children sat down after he died recently and added up the number of funerals that the man preached. A thousand is what they came up with in that area. They came up with how many, how many visits was made to different houses and hospitals. They added that number to be somewhere around 12,000 in his lifetime. I'm serious. It blew my mind as well. He saw all of his children sat down and averaged out the weeks and averaged out the visits. Brother Gene was not a bombastic preacher. He was not a massive crowd-swaying evangelistic pastor. But you want to know what Brother Gene had and what made him influential? To where they could not even, the, the, the large church where his funeral was hosted, Brother Tim, could not even, could not even keep the people. They had to have rounds and rounds and rounds of people coming in. It was charity that made him effectual. And it's charity that will make you effectual. No one cares how much you know. No one cares. But they do know how much you care. What's your charity like? This is, this, y'all bear with me. I'm just following the Lord. I have, I have this tonight. But what's, what's your charity like to your wife? Men, I'm just, we're just being honest. What's your charity like to your husband, wives? What's your charity like to those around you? What's your charity like to those you work with? You may say you're a Christian all you desire to. But if I have not charity, if I have not love, I'm nothing. All right, moving on. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you're also called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, seizing, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. We give thanks to God the Father by Jesus Christ. Will you say amen to the reading of God's Word? Things hard to be understood. Our last subject we dealt with on this was suffering. Is it a ministry or is it a mystery? And we confirmed, I hope, that it is a ministry in the life and the heart of the child of God. But tonight, through reading of this scripture, there are, there are two different issues that are dealt with here. The first issue is in the first four verses. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. This deals with our standing. You understand? Our standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. The rest of this chapter, the rest of our reading, however, deals with our state. 
Now, these are things hard to be understood, but I confirm to you tonight, church, if you don't understand the difference in the relationship between your standing and your state, it's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be difficult for myself to make it far in our fellowship, communion, and mature in our walk with the Lord. Now, many Christians, many Christians have become greatly discouraged. Greatly discouraged in their Christian life because they lack the understanding from, from whatever case that may be. That may be the, the church that they were had grown up in or the church that they had, that was raised in for the majority of their Christian life or how they were discipled or who they were discipled by or the circle they were discipled by or the church they were discipled by. But many Christians never get a hold of the difference between their standing and their state. Rather, they never get a hold of their position as it relates to their condition. That is, they fail to see the things that differ in their life. And there are many things that differ in the Word of God and differ with us. Things that differ are like the difference between law and grace in the Scripture. There's a difference between Faith and works. They're related, but there's a difference between them. There's a difference between believers and professors. Can I get a witness tonight? Many profess the name of Jesus. Many profess Christ. But there are many that do not believe on Jesus Christ. Many believe in Jesus, but few believe on Jesus. There's a difference. These are things that differ, you understand. There's a difference between your old nature, if you're saved, and your new nature. There's a difference. And both wrestle inside of you. And if you have overcome the old nature in its entirety, I need to see you after service. We, I've got to get some counsel from you. There's a difference. Things that differ in the scripture. There's a difference between salvation and rewards. There's a great difference. There's a difference between the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment that will take place at the great white throne. These are different. So it's obvious in scripture that there are things that differ. That must be important that we identify and see. And the one we just happen to be dealing with tonight is the difference between our standing and our state. Firstly, I will not get through all this. So trust me that I'll cut this off as the Lord directs and as you are exhausted. All right. Our standing. Firstly. Our standing is what we are in Christ before God. And our state is what we are in experience in our walk in the world, inwardly, 
and before others. That is to say that by nature God sees every human that is born in Adam. That's the natural state of man. We are all linked by birth and blood to Adam who is the federal head of the human race. He is the one that we came from. And because he fell, we fell. Because he sinned, we sinned. Because he disobeyed, we disobeyed. Can I get some help tonight? We are sinners by position. We're sinners by practice. And we're sinners by choice. Somebody said, well, if I'd been Adam, I wouldn't eat that fruit. You did eat that fruit. You did eat the fruit of the garden. We all fail when Adam fell. We all ate of the fruit when Adam ate of the fruit. Don't kid yourself tonight. If you had been in the garden and you were as far as your position is concerned, you would have eaten of the fruit and you did eat of the fruit because you ate of it in Adam. Amen. So that's a natural sinner's state. But when you were born again, when you were saved, when you were redeemed by blood divine, glory, glory, Christ is mine, your standing changed. Hallelujah. You no longer were under, uh, were under Adam or in Adam. God made you a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that your state is, or that your standing was no longer in Adam, but your state now is in Jesus Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Or excuse me. Uh, yes, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Our standing, therefore, is all that we are in God's reckoning by virtue of our union with our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And your standing is absolutely 100% without question Perfect in the Lord Jesus Christ. How perfect is my standing with Jesus Christ. It's just as perfect as Jesus is. Let me say that one more time. How perfect is my standing tonight preacher. It's just as perfect as the Lord Jesus Christ is. Hallelujah. So God reckons us as perfect, Brother Tim. Brother Terry, God reckons our, us as absolutely clean and pure. 
And because we believe on Him and belong to Him, our standing with God is in Christ. But our state may not be so. Tonight, I, I, I walked into the fellowship hall and listen, I, as, a, as a pastor, as a, as a, as a preacher tasked with, 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 with shepherding the, the, the flock of the Lord Jesus Christ, which it, when I say it, it just absolutely blows my mind and that weight, it's, it's, it's so serious and that calling is so serious. And as I walked through the fellowship hall tonight, there was a sense because of the weather, because of the coldness, of tiredness. It drains you, doesn't it? I mean, this weather drains you. So as I walk through, everybody's tired, everybody's lethargic, everybody's thinking, man, have I got to endure a, a, a two-hour sermon from Brother Jay tonight? Do I have to go through that? Oh, Lord. So our state does not indicate at all times, Brother Ron, our standing. What do you mean, Brother Jay? Well, turn with me, and we're not even going to get through one point tonight, and we'll, we'll pick this back up later. Romans 1 and verse number 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Their state was in Corinth. It's a very, it's a very simple practice. Their state, where they were at, was in Corinth. Rather, excuse me, in Rome. That was their state. But their standing was the fact that they were called to be saints. That they were saints of God. The same sentiment is made in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 2. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Their state was in Corinth, but their standing was being sanctified in Christ. Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse Number one, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And in verse number seven, Paul said, "Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? So their standing in verse one was that they were in Christ and that Christ had made them free. But their state was, Brother Tim, that they did run well, Brother Marty. But something has hindered them. Their state was that they had all the liberty, all the gifts, all the standing in Christ. But their, but their state was that they had been hindered in their walk with God. Colossians, our, our, our text book tonight. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians 3. So we'll look at verses 3, 8, and 9. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Say amen, church. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. 
And verse number 9, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. What is their state? In verse number 3, Paul says, You're dead, and your life is hid with Christ. That's their standing. But their state was that their, that their, that their walk needed some fine-tuning. Some practical elements. The perfect story of this is the prodigal. The prodigal was a son. But so far as his state was concerned, he was in a hog den and a hog pen rolling around with the slop and the hog excrement and the nastiness that was in that place. He never ceased to be a son. Never ceased to be. He was just as much a son in the hog pit as he was enjoying the, the things that his father had prepared for him. But his state was different than his standing. Now tonight, I'm in Murrayville, Georgia. At the Murrayville Baptist Church. Tonight, Darren Shuler is in Blairsville, Georgia. At the Mount Hebron Baptist Church. And Brother Tim, it makes no difference what my geographical location is and what Dad's geographical location is. I'm still his son. Is that reference tonight? So take comfort. Though your heart may be a little colder than you would like it tonight. Though your fellowship may be waned a little bit. Though you, though you may be struggling with difficulty and discouragement, pain and trial. Your standing with God has never changed. You're still a son and you're still a daughter in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord for that. I think I've got time for one more. Our standing will never change. Firstly, our standing is what we are in Christ before God. And our state is what we are in experience in our walk and in the world. Secondly, our standing will never change. It'll never change. It cannot deteriorate. It can never alter. Never. But our state is constantly changing. Though it should be improving all the time. I'm not going to be able to get to that tonight. Let me, let me say this. Let me speak to you from my heart tonight, church. I lived, I've lived a lot of my Christian life. And maybe some of you can, can understand this or maybe can see this. In your own life. But I, I have lived a, a, a lot of my life. In. Efforts of the flesh. To get closer to God. Alright. I mean honestly. Efforts of the flesh to try to get closer with God. Efforts thinking that if I do this. God will be excrementally more happy with me or pleased with me and therefore 
And therefore, I will have a higher standing with God. Has anybody ever been there? Let me make this clear. You see, this is what the church at Galatia struggled with. This is what the church at Colossae struggled with. That those that had crept in from Jerusalem had taught things to the church. Now listen, let me say this. Deceivers and false teachers will not come into the church and say, Hey, I'm a deceiver. And I want y'all to know I'm a deceiver. But I've got some things to say to you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. They come subtly. And they're deceived them all, their own selves. So they don't even, they may not even be aware that they're deceiving others. But Paul said, if any man preaches any other gospel than that that's been delivered to you, let it be accursed. Though I, Paul said, if I visited you and I've given you this gospel and this truth and this word and this book and I come back around a year from now and I'm preaching something different to you, let him be accursed. Paul said if the sky was opened up and an angel descended down and gave you another gospel than that what you've received, let him be accursed. That's why it's so important not to take everything you hear on 104.7 The Fish as gospel truth. Are you listening? That's why it's so important to whatever your favorite gospel radio station is or television program, not everything every preacher and every teacher says is true, but there is not one error in this book. And it has stood and will stand and God will preserve it. That's why we are the pillar and ground of truth. We don't change it. We don't alter it. We just hold it up. It's not important for you to know what my opinion is. It's not important for me to know what your opinion is. It is important for us to know what God has said. What has God said? Many of churches have been wrecked by opinion of men. Many cults have been formed by opinion of men. But a church, I said a church, I said a church can be built on the truth. Hallelujah tonight. Bless the name of God. Let me say this and I'm, Mm. Let me say this. There was a day that the Lord revealed to me that my standing is 100%, not 95% and 5% me, Brother Marty, but 100% in Jesus Christ alone. 100%. And that Christ was the only one who has ever pleased God, Brother Leo. Christ. So how do you walk 
with Christ. Man, I, this is, I'll have to get into this later. But your standing and your state are not. When you wake up in the morning and you're sick or tired or cold, that state that you're in is not indicative of your standing. But God's desire is tonight, church, that we set our affection on things above where our life is hid with Christ and God. Totally. Totally. You say, my state, my, my current state, Brother Jay, is pretty bad. Set your affection on things above. Because your, your state is going to do this. Your state is going to do this constantly. But your standing will never alter. So instead of putting your faith in your feelings, you listening? Instead of putting your faith in your feelings, put your faith in Jesus Christ and see who you already are without trying. You don't have to bump yourself up in the economy of God. He's already placed you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Inside of Him. In Christ. You don't stand alone tonight. Tomorrow when you wake up feeling bad, that may be your state, but it is not your standing. That may be your experience, but it's not your position. Aren't you glad tonight that you have a position in the Lord Jesus Christ? See, this stuff is hard to be understood because our mind doesn't work like that. Because we don't see through the eyes of faith. We want to feel. But if your doctrine can get lined up with the Word of God and you can see the great love wherewith Christ has loved us, that will fill you with the fullness of God. And I promise you, you'll feel something. <laughs> I promise you, if you can see how much Jesus has loved you and you can see Christ and who He is to you and commune with Christ on your heart, on the bed of your heart and focus on Him and look unto Jesus and look heavenly and set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, I promise you, you'll feel something. I promise you. And it'll be good tonight. The Holy Ghost will see to it. The Holy Spirit of God will see to it. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. I told you some things are hard to be understood. I didn't even get two points in, so we'll circle back on this series next Wednesday night, Lord willing, and look to the Lord. Are you glad you're saved tonight, church? Been a meager, feeble effort, but I'm telling you, this truth, if, if you let this truth get a hold of you, if you let God get a hold of you, the difference between your standing and your state and who you are in Christ and how you feel, it will change your life forever. And once you see it, you see, this is what Paul prayed that the Ephesian believers would see, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. This is what he prayed for the church, that they would see what the riches of his inheritance was in the saints. Because Paul knew if all they ever kept a focus on was their state, 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 that they would live a life completely discouraged from here to eternity. But if they could ever see their standing, amen, that they're crucified with Christ, that they're kings and priests, 
that there. We'll get in all, all into that next Wednesday night. But tonight, be thinking on these things. Be thinking on these things. The difference between your standing and your state. Church, I want to thank you for being in God's house tonight. I know it's cold. We're fixing to take up mission offering just here in a moment. I know it's cold. I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired, but I want to thank you for coming out on a cold Wednesday night. Don't get discouraged. It will warm up again. Cut yourself a little slack. There is such a thing as getting down and low because the hours are shorter in the winter. It's cold outside. Melatonin's not getting any. There is such a thing as this, so cut yourself a little slack tonight and uh, get somewhere along with the Lord and pray before Sunday. Now, again, it's 7.57, Brother Terry. We ain't even been an hour yet. It's a miracle, ain't it? All right? And for our next...